episode of a logically sound the podcast where we pick a quote or a phrase or a lyric and then we talk about that for a while uh i am your host noah arnold and with me as always this very first time is my co-host jacob donald bitter hello world and all who inhabit it it is i jacob donald bitter that's me and jake you have our very first quote yes i do very first episode yes i do i spent a lot of time planning this um, before our last test pilot, I looked for 15 minutes on inspirational quotes. <laughs> what is that, a website? Or is that uh, just... It, it's just like, it's just one of those quote websites that just has quotes with a bunch of cool backgrounds like a lake or a forest or a girl looking out a window in the rain. So you were on Pinterest for a couple hours and then... 15 minutes, let's be honest. <laughs> because right. you know how much I really try for everything. All right, our first quote comes from unknown i made sure to be indescript ah the past cannot be changed but the future is yet in your power well yeah duh i mean that seems kind of obvious but here's my here's my take on that sort of thing i feel like the premise of that sort of quote is that the past is already behind us Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter necessarily okay but the past does matter Because the past informs the present, which controls the future. So you agree with me. We shouldn't just throw out all past experiences and just look toward the future and think, like, since all all those things have passed, uh, it's just okay and we're just going to keep going for the future, like, keep on trucking. No, absolutely not. The past, once once again, the past informs who you are. The, The past makes you who you are today. And the past, you know, ancient history, all that has led up to where we are and i know you're not the biggest fan of ancient history really not because you feel it doesn't relate to us too much i or is that not your position it is in an in essence my position when i look back and see egypt from 2000 bc and whatnot i don't necessarily think a lot of that matters towards my existence at this point and in this time like obviously sure chariots and whatnot led to uh like innovations in warfare and whatnot and that eventually had something to do with me i guess they made a cool stack of stack of stones and everybody liked that everybody likes that big stack of stones yeah for some reason apparently they're great pyramids of giza yeah that's what i was going for but in the grand scheme of things, I don't think those things necessarily have great impact. So I guess the past isn't necessarily, it doesn't matter in that, for, like to me in that sense. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter to me in that sense. But I think the quote, what was the quote again? You cannot change the past, but the future is yet in your power. Yeah, I feel like that's, that feels a lot more personal to me than, you know, ancient history. I mean, I know I'm the one that brought up ancient history. Yes. Yeah. The thing, which well, does inform the present and has... I guess created the present to be what it is, but my point with just the past is like, how do you look at things you regret? Oh, that's where you're going. Okay. Yeah. Because I would say there are a good amount of parts in my life that I do regret that I feel wish I would have handled situations better. Not just like the small things, Mm -hmm. but like big parts of my life. I wish I would have handled better. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Should I, so then should I just 
throw those things off, say, oh, I don't have regrets because I can like just change my future. I've heard that position from more than one person. That seems wrong to me that you should ignore those parts of your past because you learn from that. Like I know I've made you know, mistakes. And I, you know, at the time I was like, oh, woe is me. I did a bad thing. But, you know, you should learn from those and be like, okay, I did that thing in the past. I'm not going to do that again in the future. And maybe their point more is that you shouldn't dwell on those things. Of course. But I, I, I guess I have a weird line between dwelling on something and using it as a learning tool. Like, mm-hmm. where's the line there? I think the line is at that kind of woe is me point. So ex- explain that to me. So if you are sitting there and you are sulking about a thing and you're like, oh, woe is me, I did a bad thing, then you're dwelling on it and you're not really actively, it's it's that kind of active uh, action, I guess, to choose to take that experience and make it into something better for the future, in a sense. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a difference between passivity and activity. Okay, so can you use the same experience in two different ways? Like at the time you're grieving about it Mm -hmm. um, or saying, woe is me or however you put it. So in that sort of situation, you believe that you should throw off those past feelings and regrets. Is that what you're like? Just yes or no. Yes. In a sense, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you shouldn't like, obviously you're going to regret a thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying stop regretting a thing. I'm saying stop thinking about regretting a thing. Okay, so in that sort of sense, you say we should cast those things away? Yes, in that sort of sense, cast them away. However, don't cast them so far away that you can't... uh, Come back and... You can't recall that from a more objective standpoint. Okay, that was what I was getting to next, was how do you look at that thing in the future then? Mm -hmm. Like, can you still learn something from that even if you get yourself to throw it off? And is it okay... At that previous point, that pluperfect probably in sense, language sense point where you at one point had grieved and felt sad about it and then thrown it off after a while and then at a later date in the future, come back to it and gain objective experience from it. Is that an okay thing? I think that's do? absolutely an okay thing. Because is that what we should do? Is it, a, it depends is there a on better the way? It is, is there a better way though? I feel like it does depend on the person because some people are able to kind of bounce back from things a lot more quickly and some people need a bit more time to okay i just can't think about a thing for a while i just need to get that out of my system and then eventually they can come back and be like okay what can we what can we learn from this i know i have a little bit of that and this is gonna sound dumb but with tests okay in what 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 sense so like uh we had this ecology test recently okay and i did not prepare for it Mm. nearly as well as i should have because like once I got to the test, I'm like, oh, shoot, this is not good. I don't know a lot of this. And for that kind of day, I'm like, okay, I need to just stop thinking about this. I need to stop dwelling on this. Otherwise, it's just going to be hanging over my head for the next however long until he puts the grades in. So I just had to stop thinking about it and then eventually go back and be like, okay, what could I have done better there? Where could I have fixed that? But do you do it? What do you mean? Like often if I feel like that, I I especially feel that way with papers where you do, you put out, you procrastinate a paper, you put it off till the last day or two. I think we've all done that. Yeah. And you feel like, I hate that I did this, but it's 
in a sense, it's the only way I know how to do it. So I'm going to do it anyways. And I don't like that I do it and I regret it, but mm-hmm. I just do it anyways. It depends. Yeah, it depends. Like, I would say though that and the tests are similar things. They are, yeah. And, you know, different people react to different things differently. But I would agree with you there that sometimes there are, it's like, mm-hmm. well, this is how I do a thing and I'm not going to change that. And sure, it's not the best way to do it, mm-hmm. but it's how I know, like you yeah. were saying. But I mean, clearly the better way to do it would be to take that and learn from it. Have you ever done a paper early? Well, <laughs> have you ever done it? Um, I don't think so. Freshman year of high school, I did a paper on, I think it was the Hitler Youth, like the... Like, wow, that is a, a heavy topic. Deep, that's a heavy topic it's, for a freshman World year of high War, school. World War II is very interesting to me, but we can yeah. talk about this at some other time. But I took time out of my day. I had a special schedule. Like, it was really weird. Like, mm. there we had 10 hours in our days. And there were about 40-minute periods with five-minute passing periods. Is mm-hmm. that right? 45 minutes? Yeah. Four, no, 40. Uh, 40 minutes with five minutes in between. Yeah. Yeah. Except for in the middle of the day, we had our chapel service, which is half an hour. Yeah. So times got a little wonky. But if we had 10 hours. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth hour off. Oh, dang. Yeah. So I'm a little jealous. Yeah. So I could potentially go to lunch for two hours for like two 45-minute periods and then go back and take another hour and a half nap and not have yeah. had to do anything, which is was the envy of a lot of people for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I took some of those days before I had my paper due and I just went to the library and I wrote a page or filled out note cards and I got it done a week early and it was just done and I just sat on it for a week and it was the best feeling I've ever had it about any assignment ever. Wow. Yeah. I think I got a 99 on it or whatever too, mm. just because I did the work proactively and before. And I, th- I think I went back maybe a day or two before the due date and went through it one more time and mm. fixed just a couple things. But just having it done. And having that is, weight off your it's chest. It's such a good feeling. Oh, yeah. I would recommend it. I recommend it to myself and I never do it. Yeah. So... Okay, so I feel like the big problem is that there are not enough uh, repercussions to something like that. So, for example, when I get a paper done, you know, the night before, and I'm like, ah, geez, I just got to, I got to hash all this out. I got to get this done. And it's a terrible feeling trying to rush everything in a weekend. But then I end up with, you know, 98, 99. Yeah, just because, and that's not the feeling for everybody, but we're just nerds. Yeah. So, like, I, I feel the same way. And then it's like, well, do I need to change my habits mm-hmm. then? Like with this ecology test, we still haven't gotten the grades back, so I don't know. But yeah, depending on how the grade is on that, that'll give me a gauge like, okay, do I really need to change my habits? Because I know that happened with bio last year. I had stopped taking notes because I'm yep. like, eh, you know, I know all this. And then there was one quiz where I got like a D. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. maybe I need to start taking notes again. Yeah, I feel that way more about like... The grade eventually doesn't matter usually to me just because I know I, like, I've been gifted enough so that I know my good grades usually balance out the bad, bad ones. But it's that feeling of knowing I don't know this. Yeah. Which it's, it's a foreign feeling to me. Yeah. The first big time I felt that way was during trigonometry sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't. It was just new stuff. And it was a feeling I'd never felt before where I just, 
I don't know what I'm doing going into like a quiz or mm-hmm. like a homework assignment where I actually had to teach myself as opposed to just like sort of being able to synthesize it and have it make sense to me. It just did, trigonometry just didn't make sense for the longest time. Yeah. And I got that with algebra two freshman year. You yeah. remember because I had never finished algebra one, so I didn't know how to graph. And so that whole Yikes, first friend. bit, I'm like, what is MX plus B? Oh, honey. That's like math. I know. Do you remember? That's probably the dumbest I've ever felt in a class is when really? I raised my hand and I'm like, how do you graph a line? And everyone looks at me like, is this kid, is this kid an idiot? Is he brain damaged? Hmm. Did he? Why is he here? See, I don't remember that, but you totally remember that because it's an, like a, one of those emotional memories yeah. for you. I have a few memories from that class besides getting the A- minus freshman year, which is the reason I didn't have a 4.0 yeah. for semester. Um, and at the end of the year when I was like, oh, I guess Noah and Trenton are both going to be in my pre-calc class. That was about like all I remember from that mm-hmm. class. And then ellipses and then not being able to understand ellipses and er and hyperbola has more hyperbola than ellipses. Hyperbola are weird. I don't remember. I don't. They're ropes, right? That's what a rope is. Are... What? When you hang a rope from two points on the ceiling and it kind of does that sweepy line, that's not a. It's not a parabola. It's a hyperbola. Is it? Yes. Huh. I didn't know that. Why because, there's, I, because there's asymptotes, I think. Oh, that Because remember, be. that's the big thing with hyperbola. They like You draw the box mm-hmm. and whatnot, and you follow the box, and you just go parallel to the box. Yeah, and then, then it never um, touches the box. Yeah, as where parabolas, they act like straight lines because they can, they can reach every value. Yeah, they can technically make it everywhere. You yeah. just have to go for far enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably wrong. But that's what, in my mind now, makes sense to me. That would make sense. I dig it. You have anything else? I have a transition then. A transition? I mean, like, I have something else to say. About the past and the future? I was going to go to the future, is what I was going to Oh, do. you're going to go to the future? Yeah. Like, Back to the future. A, the like movie? Bis, right? Bis, bo, bis, bit, bimus. Isn't it bomb? No, bomb. That's, is, that's imperfect. That's imperfect. Oh, it is bomb, isn't it? No, bomb is imperfect. You're right. No, uh, what, what is... It's Bo, right? Amabo. Is it Amabo? It's definitely Amabo. 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 Amabit. Isn't is M? Amabit. Love bit. Same. Actually, that'd be he will love bit. But like you know. Yeah. You're saying M is used, or is that just the future perfect? That's uh. Aram. Aram. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, you're thinking of Aram? Yeah, the future of some. Yeah, because you'll use. The E-R-I ending with the future perfect, too, with the third principle part. Yeah. I love Latin. Nerd alert. Anyways, the future is the future. How much is the future in your control, Noah? How much is the future in my control? Um, My first thought is the future is in my control in as much as I want it to be, but that's definitely wrong. How so? Because my mind immediately went, okay, if I want to take hold and I want to mold my future i can or i could just kind of go with the flow and see where the future takes me Mm -hmm. but even if you try to grab hold of the future you can't account for every uh every possibility every little like nuance of life every yeah every nuance that's the word and down trail tribulation yeah you can't account for all of that there's always some sort of uh flexibility and plasticity to the future that you cannot account for Okay, so then give me some things that you can count on in your future or that things that you know you can take hold of if you really wanted to. If I really wanted to, 
because I'm trying everything that I think of now. I'm like, wait, no, think something could go awry there. Something bad could happen here. Something. Well, okay, I mean, it's not barring okay, unforeseen you're... circumstances. Like you know, I can make it through college. I can mm-hmm. get through college. I can get a job. You know that sort of thing. I could find a wife. Like all of that sort of thing. Like in is, the bushes, or yeah, I just she's just kind of hiding. There. She's like a Pokemon. You throw a ball at him, right? And then they should you capture him. Tinder, and then they should make a Tinder Pokemon Go hybrid. Please, someone get on that. <laughs> so instead of finding you know, Pokemon on the street, you find real people. I think that's just called walking <laughs> on the street. No, no. But that is- then you get to. I just, uh, I just doxed us. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, but no, you're walking down the street, and you've got you know, you got your phone. And you just keep swiping up to keep throwing those Pokeballs at her. Keep throwing DMs at her. <laughs> We could do this. No, we couldn't. I, I mean, no, we can't. I have no idea how to make an app. Sure, we don't, but somebody does. Somewhere. Somebody please get on this. Actually, no, copyright, this illogically sound. Now, this counts as a, uh, intellectual property. Illogically sound? I mean... Or this, the, like, this say, idea, if we, because we've said it on the podcast. Yeah, I, it's recorded. Yeah, that's intellectual Ooh, property. hello. So that's our idea. Um, Steal it. DM us for... Uh, like, rights? For, for the rights to... Pokemon Go, but finding women. Uh, what are we going to call this? Can it be men too? For I don't know a woman. Oh, that's that's just called Pokemon Go. Pokemon. There's a separate. There are two apps for women and men. If you want to find men, right. Pokemon Go. Anyways, the future. What things oh, we to, could like, make like Pokemon say, Go. I, sure, <laughs> we can make Pokemon Go and Pokewomen. Let's go and all of that up to what things do you have like sixty percent confidence on. You have a sixty percent confidence interval on. A sixty percent confidence interval. That's a pretty wide confidence interval. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Yeah, like making it through college. I think that's pretty much a guarantee. Um, getting a job, dying. Pretty confident that's going to happen. Sixty percent. I'm at least sixty percent confident that that's going to happen at some point. At some point in the future, uh, I know I'm going to get taxed. <laughs> Those are the only real certainties in life, right? Death and taxes. That's a quote for another podcast. Hmm. And heartbreak. <laughs> what things are you? What things are you certain about, Noah? Like, how deep in the future are we going? As far deep as you want. Like, I'm pretty certain I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. Come on, man. You know what I mean. Like some more abstract thing. Like you don't have sixty percent confidence you're gonna win the lottery. No, but absolutely. You not. might. If you're a regular person, go to a uh, Miami Dolphins football game or something like that. In Miami. Do most regular people go to Miami some, Dolphins some, football games? Some people have could have the ability to. That's true. Like if someone would move down to Florida, and yeah. say, they could be like, there's a possibility I could go see uh, ta- or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers football game or a Jacksonville Jaguars football game mm. or a Miami Dolphins football game. Are you just, are you just throwing out Florida teams? I mean, those were the Florida teams. Why does Florida have three football teams? Warm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Future, Noah. The future. <sighs> Bit, what are you confident in? What are you 60% confident in? Um, I'll probably finish college, like you said. Yeah. Like, find a wife. I'm, I'm probably going to get into photography, I'll be honest. Yeah. I like, I like photos and just the science behind it. Mm-hmm. I'll probably move around a bit, but because of just the nature of where we are. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe there aren't so many things you can be confident 
about, but I feel like there should be. Yeah, exactly. It feels like, because there are definitely some people that are like, all right, I have my whole life planned out ahead of me. I'm going to get married when I'm 26. I'm going to have four children. They're each going to be named Stacy. <laughs> I wish I'd been able to just keep that keep that all straight there. Did you just say that because that's, you know, no. someone I know pretty well? No, I did not. That was the first name that came into my head, which might be because... Stacy with an E or not? I imagined with a Y. Yeah, or like either a Y or an I. Yeah, of course. But some people spell S-T-A-C-E-Y. Okay, that's I've odd. seen that. I've seen that for men. For men? Stacy's a man's name. Stacy's a... What? Since when a Stacy... So that gives a whole new meaning to Stacy's mom. The song Stacy's mom. Image for like both sides of the coin, I suppose. Yeah. Coin important imagery there. What? Nothing. We'll talk about that later. I don't. I don't understand. You'll get it in the future. In the future. Are we confident about it? I think the consensus is no. Yeah, I guess I thought I was, but I can't think of anything that would make me confident besides my salvation. Yeah. But. Okay, transition point on that. Yeah. How worried are you for World War Three or some sort of world war? Oh, shoot, World War Three. Oh, that's another thing that we didn't think about being confident about was like, like we were Bad just thinking things. about ourselves, I, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, like the world but not things. like the world in general. Cause I mean, I'm pretty confident sea levels are going to keep rising for a bit, at least. You believe in global warming? Yes. Climate change is real bit. I agree. And to deny the facts is to deny facts. I think even if there is no climate change the fact that we would not go towards clean alternatives anyways like what's a more abundant sense of source of energy than sunlight like nothing yeah that's what i'm saying the fact that you wouldn't try to like seek those mm-hmm. is beyond me but world war three oof i'm concerned i'm concerned it'll happen within the next 50 years how much is that going to date this podcast <laughs> i <laughs> guess i guess only time will tell noah i guess only time will tell if World War Three happens tomorrow, uh, you won't know. Our list, well, I guess our listeners will know, but they won't know that we did this because I'm not putting this out by tomorrow. That's a lot of editing to do. Like, think of how how much will your life change when when uh, if yeah, you're confident world, if there's a World War if there's III. a World War Three. How are we assuming World War Three happens? Nuclear warfare? Probably nuclear warfare. At this point, okay, I, it's hard to think of a world mm. that's not threatened by nukes. You know, like in a war situ- situation. Here's the thing. We're in a rural enough area that I don't think we're going to be, we would be directly affected by the nukes unless, and now I don't know what Russia or China or Iraq or America, I don't know what anybody's actual nuclear power is. I know we could pretty much wipe all life from the face of the earth using nukes, which is scary, but I'm not sure, like, where are they going to target? Would they just kind of blanket everything do you think would they just try they, to raise if, if it were, all to the ground because i feel like we've got a lot of good resources here that they wouldn't want to if necessarily I, destroy. if i were china if i were russia i wouldn't go for the big cities i would definitely go for the midwest oh like, take out the farmland first yeah, exactly and then they don't have you any starve the people out make the like because then the people riot and when people when the people are upset they're not the government's not gonna their hands is gonna be forced and they're gonna have to give in. Holy cow. I did not think about that. That's a good plan. And even, you should be president of Russia. Or China. Or China. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Not um, saying you aren't. But my thing about nuclear warfare is that even if a, a nuke isn't even within 
a hundred miles mm-hmm. or whatever. Everything is based on money and a means of exchange. And what government's gonna rule if there's nuclear waste everywhere or like nuclear fallout in places? Are we like, am I just gonna keep going? I don't know. That's the trick. Yeah, like what like, if like, if you know, if the United States collapses, even if it's not world a world war, if the United States collapses, everything's based on money. Yeah, every electricity and all those jo- every job is based on a source of trading, like a, a good for a serv a uh, service for a good. Yeah. So how will a place like this college work, or how will how will yeah how will education happen? Because education, the way we know it today, has really only been happening since like the mid-1800s, right? That's true. That's why I kind of hope that, I know this is very morbid, but if nuclear warfare happens, I want that nuke straight on my head. I do not want to deal with that. I would rather die instantly not knowing it's happening than get burned by nuclear fallout. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I want to be at ground zero if a nuke is going to hit me. I would hate to be in the path of the fallout. Yeah, that would be, oh boy. Because so you hear some of that stuff like with what happened with Chernobyl or what happened with you know Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. That is some and even th- absolutely and devastating not even as strong stuff. As that. Like think of stuff like Agent Orange. Like how that screwed up people. Have you seen? Agent Orange. I think it was in Vietnam. Um, it's, just, it was, it's like chemical warfare sort of thing. It's like a chemical agent and it just, it causes birth defects. If you see pictures of impoverished nations, you'll often see people with special needs or like shriveled limbs and mm. stuff. I think a lot of that has or had to do, I think, in like the 80s and 90s with Agent Orange and just it affected women and men in a way that their children just. Holy cow. The world's a bad place. Yeah, it's. Welcome it's to not the world. Great. <laughs> That's why I like to keep up on the news, just so I can mm. know what's going on. I should start doing that. I started doing it junior year of high school, mm-hmm. and it it blows me away what people don't know. Like, what do you mean? Just anything. Like, what don't I know? Girl, I don't know. You know the Brewers one today? Uh, I heard that, yeah. Did you hear the Dodgers one today? No, I did not. That's a big deal, too. Is it? Yeah. I don't keep up with baseball, like, at all. It's a big deal because this will date the podcast. <laughs> because the Brewers are the one seed now in the National League. Okay. And they played the Cubs today, and they're in the same division. Yeah. So it's... The difference between being a one seed and being a four seed. Oh, geez. Yes, and there's only five teams that get it on each side. That is a pretty heavy difference. So, another thing, the Cubs have to play tomorrow. So, what does that mean? They have it's a one game playoff. Okay. So there, it's technically there's two wild card teams. There's three divisions on the National League and three divisions on the American League. We'll just talk about the National League for now. Okay. So the three teams that win each division, they get the one, two, or three seed depending on the record. Yeah. And right now, the Brewers have the best record in the national league and they won their division so teams two and three will play each other the winners of the two divisions okay so then there's two wild card teams who are the they have the best records but they didn't win their division mm-hmm. and at the end of the season after 162 games both the brewers and the cubs were tied in their records they had the same record and it, they both were the best records in the national league and in the and in their division because in the same division so then this was the so the, then this, this was, was the fight of the century. I mean, like I mean, probably not the century, like the year, the season. It's no Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. That was a good fight. Did you watch? I never watched it. No, it was a good fight. It's pay per view. I'm not gonna 
pay-per-view. I, st- I streamed it on Twitter. No, <sighs> Like, people were watching on Twitter. That's true. Wasn't there some guy on Twitch that just kind of had a little, uh, like a little face cam of him holding a controller? Yep. To make it look like he was playing a game, but it was. I just... don't know if it was that, that was the Floyd Mayweather fight, but he there was a guy who totally did that. Or was it the or Logan Paul KSI fight? They it probably did both. for that too. I bet they lost a lot of money on that. Did you hear about that? Really? Yeah. Apparently, they had. My numbers are probably going to be very wrong. But they had like three times as many viewers on pirated twitch streams and mm-hmm. whatever than on youtube oh, totally and so they could have made like they made a lot of money off of that but they could have made even more like three times as much or yeah. four times as much anyways just, back to baseball okay yeah so it was the d- difference between being the one and the four seed okay so the brewers won awesome so they're the one seed they get another extra day rest or two i don't quite remember which it is and the cubs have to play tomorrow that's rough so Another part of this whole equation was the Rockies and the Dodgers were both tied in their division as well. Okay. Are they in the same league? They're in the same, yep, same National League. Okay. So they they had a tiebreaker game too. Okay. So the Rockies, I think, are pretty hot, but the Dodgers are good. And I think they're going to pitch Clayton Kershaw, which is, he's one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. Okay. So we would have had to play the Dodgers then. And they're tough. We being... The, the, the Brewers. Brewers? The okay. Brewers would have had to play the Dodgers on zero on zero days rest after oh. after a tough tiebreaker game. Yeah. And the game the Cubs and the Dodgers playing, it's a one game series. So it's winner takes all. Oh. As opposed to the playoffs that will go on this best of seven. Yeah. I believe. I'm not sure if the divisional is best of five, but it's a series. Mm hmm. I suppose this. Yeah. No, that. So now the Brewers get a good amount of rest. Mm hmm. So they can pitch whoever, probably whoever they want. Yeah. Which matters more for starting pitchers than relievers, like the people who come in later. Yeah. The Cubs pitched, I don't know who they pitched today. I forgot. But they don't have any rest, and it's a one-game playoff again. Where are they playing? Like, where do they play today, and where are they playing? Uh, they played, They played. both games are at home for the Cubs. Okay. Which was big that the Brewers won, because they were away. Yeah. They hadn't been great away, but they won, like, 20 of their last 27. Gotcha. So they're hot, but the Dodgers are good. So it's Chicago's put in a tough situation. They're like five and five in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know where the Dodgers are either. I think they're getting hot as, as October starts. So hmm. it's a big deal. Wow. Big deal. And that was Pitt's baseball corner. I'm the worst person <laughs> to ask about baseball. I, I don't know why I know this much information. <laughs> Because keep up with the news bit. I do. Uh, yeah, right? Because I keep up with the news. I do. Because I would assume that there was an article that was like, oh, the Brewers win. What does this mean? And it explained all of that. Yeah. And you Basically, probably read that. Yeah. Even if it's looking at headlines mm-hmm. to get what's happening even in like entertainment or like health. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that they, it was like three years ago at this point, but they thought that so, something to do with bees could help against fighting HIV or AIDS. Interesting. Right? Like and that, I thought that was really cool, and you just heard about it now. Yeah. Right. And I th- I'm pretty sure that article is like two or three years old, and I don't know if any of it's like, true yeah. or if there's any anything has come of it. If we find kinda... a link, we'll throw it in the show notes. I mean, that sounds really interesting. I yes, I will. I I do remember reading an article about that, but it's those sorts of things that I think it's amazing that just people don't know, even if it's a fake news article. Let's be honest. Hmm. But. It just hearing about those sorts of things. Yeah. And then going and fact-checking stuff eventually, too. I probably should fact-check a lot of what I read. 
more yeah. than I already do. My news feed, my, my news in very large quotes feed is full of, you know, my, my Star Wars stuff, my nerdy whatever stuff, because that's what I Google. That's what I look up. Mm-hmm. So that's what shows up in my Google feed. I'm curious, do you log out before checking your news? Here's the thing. I don't use Google. What do you use? I use Bing. Huh. So you're not even logged in. Yeah, I don't use Chrome. I use Internet Explorer. But then I go on Google News. Hmm. And so I don't and I don't set preferences really. I said I think I said a couple. Yeah. It's as opposed to being super interested in some things and not interesting. It was like as opposed to a ten and a zero, it was more like a six and a four. Mm -hmm. So I still get a variety of information. That is one thing that I've been thinking about a bit is with this whole like social media has a lot of this. This just positive feedback loop yep i saw a really interesting i think it was a vox video once again i'll throw the link you in the show notes Vox. no they had some links to some reputable articles okay they, they cite their sources bit in any case just they, because you cite your sources doesn't mean they're good sources in any case there there had been a study on or tweets i might have seen this using video. like emotional language in your tweets and like how many retweets you're gonna get and one of the interesting things that they found was that most of the retweets and the likes and whatever and most of the feedback was coming from their circles it wasn't coming from the opposite side the opposite side wasn't really seeing much mm-hmm. of it so let's say you know a republican tweets something like uh democrats suck and they're the worst or mm-hmm. whatever then you know it's going to be this huge positive feedback loop like yep. yeah republicans going like yeah and not a whole lot of democrats mm-hmm. going no i see the same thing on facebook and I'm on Twitter now, actually. I I'm still under the surface. Yeah. Like I don't follow I don't follow any of my friends. <laughs> I do follow I it's weird. I follow Breitbart. You know what Breitbart is? Couldn't tell you. It's a fairly conservative news. Oh um, yeah, no, yeah. Never. I've definitely heard um, of it before. Yeah. Milo Yiannopoulos was on Okay. Wrote for Breitbart for a while and I think they canned him for saying something bad about a kid. But some other time. Yeah. And all the comments on those Twitter posts are positive Republican things. Mm-hmm. And then there's a girl from our class in high school who posts a lot of occupied Democrats and the 98% Facebook groups. Yeah. And all those comments are strong Democrat yeah. supporters, blue wave, those sorts of things. As well, like Breitbart's all uh, Trump 2020 and mm. things of that nature. And it's, yeah, it's, there's never any... Because uh, you're allowed to curate what you see, and you're not—you don't want to see what you hate. Exactly. So I, I miss the uh, the age of newspapers a little bit now. Yeah. Where you just kind of got a newspaper this summer? You read a newspaper? I was at a congregation mm-hmm. this summer, and it was a, a couple of like mid forties, fifties couple. Yeah, yeah. The husband was retired sheriff, and the the wife was a nurse pre- pre- practitioner, so they were decently well off. Yeah. Which really doesn't have much to do with the story. But they're from that a little bit older generation, I think. Mm-hmm. I think especially the husband, because like he hunts and stuff like that. He's a lot, he's a man's man. Yeah. Put it that way. Except for sports for some reason. It was interesting, a little interesting to me. But they they read the newspaper and we were outside. Uh, they had a little fire one night and they say, hey, do you want to read the newspaper? And I just, I said, sure. And I grabbed the opinion section and just read and I realize how much I like the newspaper articles, yeah. As opposed to like trying to find something, I don't like online news that much. It's I think I think reading online is hard, mm-hmm. or I just get disinterested. Can I finish? Yeah, sorry. No, I I have a th- I have a thought, but I'll get that's it. not me. I'll get into that's it not later. me trying to be 
like, what are you trying to do? But I'm just, I didn't know if you had something. But yeah, I, I, he gave me the opinion section and I realized just how much I liked reading print mm-hmm. and just the style of reading is so, I don't like reading elevated stuff. I'm in this nerdy English class. Yeah. Which is fine. And every, like everybody's smart in that class. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like that deep literature. It's translated anyways to that. So that just adds a whole level of complexity to yeah. it. But I just don't, I don't jive with it. It, it does, doesn't like jive with you. It doesn't jive with me or what? I don't know how to, is there a certain way to say that phrase? No. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I'm not sure. If... It doesn't, we don't just, we just don't mesh well. Yeah. And it's, it's That's hard for me to read. So I just look at the schmoops because I think it's that we were told and how to write sermons. Okay. Or like meditations to write those like at a, like a, a junior high level, like a ninth, 10th grade level. So then everyone can understand Yeah. It. So everyone can understand it. And then you get the information too, and you don't have to wait. Like I'm an information guy, so yeah. like the whole deep abstract thinking thing, it's not my type. I like I like facts. I like knowing where I'm going, mm-hmm. and I like plot lines. Plot lines are nice, but that's I think that's why I like the news so much, like the, a newspaper, so much. Huh? See, I get what you're saying. So sim, sort of similar experience. This summer, I was is it Levi and I made kind of a bet that uh we're like hey we're gonna read some rudyard kipling this summer some who rudyard kipling he wrote the jungle book oh okay yeah and other things jumanji i don't think he wrote jumanji that's what i like you said jungle book i thought jumanji different thing i realized what you meant rest later. in peace robin williams uh seen but both of those no i have not seen the new one i've seen the old one uh i read the book he's not the in the new one. jumanji i don't think so he better not be that'd be weird did you see that the new jumanji yeah no, I said I didn't. Not terrible. Huh. That's the Welcome to the Jungle or whatever with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. and Yeah, that one and Kevin Hart. I thought you were talking about the new Jungle Book. Sorry, no, no. Okay, so the Jungle Book, the book, Rudyard Kipling wrote that, you know, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't remember exactly when it came out. But Levi and I were trying to work our way through Kim, which is about a little Indian boy, little well, half Irish, half Indian boy. Colonialism. Uh, in India, yeah, a bit. In... <laughs> In India, and Levi said he gave up after like the first chapter or whatever. And I, you know, I powered through. I'm in chapter ten right now. I really, I actually do want to finish it up, but it is, it's hard reading just because it's in that that early 1900s, mm. late 1800s language that you know we're not really exposed to. That and I got the ebook. It was like two bucks for all of Rudyard Kipling's works. I'm like, well, if Levi and I are going to read a yeah. lot of Rudyard Kipling, and this is two dollars, why not? Yeah, is all that stuff like beyond copyright? anyways probably so it doesn't even like not that you can yeah. like like just get it online but it's it was convenient to have just you know i get you on my phone and then for ecology we're reading winter world which oh, yeah. is about there's a squ- there's a chipmunk on the front yeah and it's about like nature and plants or whatever react to winter and cold and how all that works and it's really interesting and it's much simpler language than than kim Kibling. And it's also a physical book. And so it makes it a heck of a lot easier to read. Because, you know, when I'm reading through a digital book, it's just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And it's like, whatever. It There's doesn't no pro- feel like I'm doing anything, There's really. No progress. It, yeah. Yeah. You don't physically feel that progress. But then I get done reading, you know, two or three chapters of Winter World. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I just read like 60 pages. Here we go. And it's it's a very different feeling, the, the tactile book, hmm. as opposed to the digital 
I wonder if that's that that probably is part of the reason I don't like my English class is the like it's so thick mm-hmm. and maybe it's a time crunch I feel too because like give an example what do you have to read and how quickly do you have to read it one one of the assignments we had to do was read 120 pages of Madame Bovary in like two days yeah yeah with something dense like uh, Madame Bovary yeah that's a trick to get all that done in two days 120 pages and especially when you've got all your other homework to mm-hmm. get done and then I work too yeah like 120 pages of Madame Bovary is going to take you a lot longer than, say, 120 pages of Harry Potter. Exactly. So it's just so time-consuming mm-hmm. that it, fe- it almost feels like you have to use the schmoop. Yeah. And another thing that dissuades me from reading in the class at all is that I get something different out of the reading anyways mm-hmm. than, like, the smart English people do. So then I think my opinion's wrong. So then I don't want to speak in class, and then it causes more problems, I think. I don't know why I took this class. I think it's because Jake took it. It just kind of feels worthless then is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm... Like, I got a 99 on my test. Mm-hmm. But that's because I have great knowledge when I have facts. Yeah. I'm not... I'm very... I have very little abstract thinking brain huh. thing. Yeah. Even thinking on the fly like this is not... I don't want to say strenuous, but it's a bit more taxing. Than trying to, than like sitting down and writing an essay. Like yeah, when, I, when I was talking to you about baseball, mm-hmm. like at, those were facts I knew. So I can, I can talk about that. I could talk about that quite easily. But trying to think of something a bit more abstract, like. Like what are the themes in The the Underground Man by Dostoevsky, which is very dense and it's illogical too. Mm. The guy has crazy delusions almost of who he is and how the world works. And so trying to weed through through that and find meaning behind it when I can hardly read the thing and trying to understand it, mm-hmm. just throws me off. Especially when English isn't my passion. I'm doing it. I don't want to say I'm doing it for credit, but that's really what I'm You're doing. You're doing it for credit. Yeah. I'm doing it for credit just so I can fulfill my English English requirement. So it just makes it tough yeah. to do class. Well, and especially like you said, when you, you got a 99 on the test. Yeah, that but that's because it doesn't I, we, we motivate. Want... it doesn't motivate you to want to learn i don't even know if it's that because we go through all those things in class and i'm great at taking all those things i heard from other people who i feel have valid reasonings and uh, like insights on the book and it's stuff from uh, the professor himself yeah and you just kind of absorb all that that. i can do i'm a sponge like that yeah big old sponge yeah or like that's why i'm good at history stuff history's pretty comes pretty easily to me because I can just take that in, and it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Or like math. Or like, yeah, math. You're really I'm, good at math. Yeah, because it, it's facts, and it makes sense. It's not really abstract. I think that maybe why trig was hard for me, probably, too. Because that was more abstract than any of the math that you had done yeah. before. And it just, or just even something I had done. Mm-hmm. And so like making that transition from one thing to another. And connecting another those concepts. was tough for me. But once you did, pretty gosh darn yeah. good at it. Mm-hmm. I would say I was pretty good at trig proofs by the end of the year. Yeah. Big. And I was just building on facts, I think. Yeah. I think that's my strength is building on facts. That's why, I think that's why theology comes so passionately to me, like because of faith mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. But then it's abstract, but then I'm passionate about it. So then I find, like, I find what to me is a, like a root mm-hmm. and I just grab onto that thing. Oh, yeah. And I love it and it makes me feel, and those are good things. But then, you know, when we're trying to think of something more abstract, like, the future transitioning back. Oh my goodness, we've done it. We did it. We made it. We Full made it circle. back in. Full circle. It's it's harder to think about that just because, like, we have the facts that we have here and now, mm-hmm. 
and the facts of our past. Yep. And we can use that to inform the future. Mm-hmm. But, but it's tough to try to actually make that abstract leap into, okay, where am I going to be in the future? What's going to happen there? It's a weird thought. It's a weird thought. And on that note, I think we should end this first episode of Illogically Sound. I think that's a bit, I think it's a good first episode. You think it's a bit? I think it's a bit of a... A bit of a first episode? A bit of a first episode there. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you can find us at Ill Sound Podcast on Twitter, which is a terrible... Illogically, at Illogically Sound is one letter too long for the Twitter handle, and I'm still kind of mad at that. It's pretty garbage. Could you email Twitter? Could I email Twitter to get an extra? I don't think they'll let me. We're not verified. Yeah, we're not verified. We just got a silly picture of Spock. That's all we've got. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe soon, though. And we're going to have find, we're gonna have to find a hosting site for this podcast, too. Yeah. Like, put down money. <laughs> yeah. But we can do that. At some point. Probably soon. Yeah. You can also find us, uh, if you want to email us, at Illogically Sound Podcast. Sorry, not at Illogically Sound Podcast. Just Illogically Sound Podcast at gmail.com uh, if you have any complaints, which you probably will, because we probably got some things wrong, and you probably think we're wrong, and we'd love to hear about it. Or if you think we're right, we'd also love to hear about that. Positive and negative reinforcement. Is reinforcement. It absolutely is. I was going to say it's always good, but you know what? It's not always good. And so on that note... I think that's the podcast. This is the end of the show. Signing off. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.